Thanks guys, it's great to be with you again. I want to say thank you to Tommy for just uh, reading that Bible for us, Tom. That was great. Uh, really good to hear God's Word uh, being spoken by the young people and seeing it take hold in their own hearts and lives as well. Hey, welcome to today's service. Uh, my name is Todd Hall. I'm the lead pastor here at Exchange Church Shepparton. And uh, really, it is our pleasure to welcome you uh, as we gather together online today, as we come and celebrate Christ and all that he has done for us. And uh, we do this, Lord, as it were, distanced, but uh, yet together by a virtual reality through uh, online at YouTube. So uh, great you could be with us. We have been uh, working through the book of Colossians uh, the last few weeks and we've still got quite a few weeks to go and uh, we took about three or four weeks over the last uh, little while and now up to about their fifth talk here in Colossians and uh, maybe just to help set the scene for us as I uh, set up this talk for today I have a few distinct memories of my early childhood that was quite a few years ago uh, I remember one day in primary school uh, I got in some trouble and was told to stand in the corner of the room uh, which was over near the mobile library shelf in the classroom there back in my primary school days yes I did get into trouble from time to time I I was one of those boys, uh, but I felt I was hard done by for being called out for trouble. Actually, then I spat it while I was in the corner there in the room, and so I pushed over the mobile library shelf, and the library books went everywhere all over the floor. And of course, the, that got me into more trouble than I needed to be that day. My mother was called to the school, and a whole range of other things took place. I obviously had some problems. And yes, uh, one of them was an anger issue to deal with. But the other glaring issue that came out of that was I was immature. I was acting childishly to go and do such an act like that. I needed to grow up. I needed to grow in maturity. I needed to become a better person for it as I grow, grew in maturity. Uh, that's what Paul's going to take us today in the Colossians here as we look at this passage. Again, it's the same passage as last week, but we're looking at it from another perspective because there's so many great things there. But today we're going to look at growing in maturity. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, please join with me as we read from Colossians 1, 24 through to chapter 2, verse 5. Paul says this, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister, according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ for this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me 
for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with, pl- with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Join with me as we pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to thank you again for this uh, wonderful opportunity where we get to open up your word. Holy Spirit, we would ask and we would pray right now that you would uh, lead us and guide us and open this word up into our hearts. Open up the eyes of our heart, as it were, to see this word, to help us grow and to help us to mature in our faith. Uh, Lord, we ask and pray, please, please grant that to us now, that we will become people out of this on the other side changed changed more into the image of Christ. Lord, we ask and pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Excellent. Um, Yeah, just a quick recap for where we've been over the last uh, couple of weeks, well, particularly with Paul. Paul is writing a letter to the Colossian church, a church that he's never seen, but he's heard about it through Epaphras, a convert of Paul's, and possibly Epaphras is the pastor here at Colossae. Well, we don't know for sure, but Probably a good indication he is. Who's Paul? Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a sent one. That's what an apostle is. Like an ambassador to represent Jesus here to help grow and develop develop his kingdom here on earth. And in this passage particularly, Paul makes aware of his ministry that's been given to him from God for the Colossians. It's a ministry given to Paul from God for the Colossians. Paul has been entrusted with the message of the gospel. It's God's sovereign purposes to use human vessels or instruments to carry out the growth of his kingdom to be entrusted with the gospel. Paul is commissioned to connect people to Jesus and to grow people in Jesus. Paul would fit in really well with our church if he's saying that. Uh, Paul's commissioned to help grow and establish the church. And what is the church? The church is the visible representation of God's kingdom here upon earth. So, as Paul explains this ministry to the Colossians today, you actually see our big idea of where we are going. And here is the big idea. God's purposes are for us to grow in maturity in Christ through the gospel. And that is to experience in that his encouragement, his love, and his assurance. That's our big idea today. So let's uh, let's go for that now, and we'll work through the first one here as we think about who Paul is proclaiming. So what we have in this passage here as we think about this is probably the motto of Paul's life and mystery. All we'd need to do is just add with joy to what Paul said there in verse 28, and that would complete it for Paul. But here's what he says, and here's our key verse, a key verse in verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul wants us to grow in maturity, to develop, to become wiser, to become stronger. Paul's foundation here of this maturity is found in the first three words of our text. What's it say? Him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. This hymn that Paul proclaims here is none other than Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the focus of the Bible. The central message of the Bible from cover to cover is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's somewhat veiled and obscure through the Old Testament, but it bursts out with crystal clear clarity in the New Testament. It is all about Jesus. And Paul just puts it right out there again, right off the bat. He says, Him, Jesus, is who we proclaim. In other words, Paul's saying this, it's all about Jesus that we widely and publicly announce. It's the gospel of Christ that we broadcast far and wide. Him we proclaim. Just like Jesus told his disciples when he was on earth, what you hear in secret, announce it from the rooftops. Proclaim it. Make it broad and wide. Send it out as far as you can. So, how does Paul go about proclaiming Jesus to grow us into maturity? There's a couple of key things we pick up here in this verse. He says there in verse 28, warning everyone. He says there, warning everyone. There is a negative aspect of the gospel message. It's important that we have a negative aspect of the gospel message. The gospel is good news, but it's only good news when we understand the bad news. It's good news only when we understand the bad news. Warning everyone is making known that our loves for other things, our heart gets set on other things instead of God. If that happens, that will cause a catastrophe in our lives. When we pursue corrupted desires of our own minds, this brings about great danger when we don't love God first and foremost in our lives. When someone desires... To do the drug ice, what do we do? We warn them, don't we? We tell them there are drastic consequences if you get onto ice. If you do ice, it will destroy your life. We are warning them. And warning is a, a valuable and legitimate tool to help somebody to grow and mature. And it's just the same with God through the message of the gospel. If we pursue lives, leaving God right out of the picture that he's not first and foremost in our life, then we are like a blind person who's heading towards a thousand metre clifftop drop off. And he's blind, he can't see it. That's the catastrophe, that's the danger that is before us. And the gospel warns us about this. God's day of judgment awaits every human being where they will have to give an account for their lives. What did you do about Jesus Christ? Did you submit to him as Lord and Saviour or not? The Bible's filled with warnings. Warnings are good for us to grow in maturity. Can you imagine driving on a road through the mountains if it had no warning signs? You approach the first bend and it's probably a 30k bend, but you approach it at 100k's an hour. What's going to happen? You're going to crash. Warnings are good for us. Teaching everyone, Paul says next. It isn't all about warnings. There's also a very positive element here in the gospel. And in verse 28 again, he says, teaching everyone. What is teaching here? Teaching is to impart or pass on skills and knowledge. Teaching is to help people learn new things. Maybe to give up old things and to pick up new things is what teaching can be a part of. Why do we send our children and teenagers to school? Well, some of them have been doing it at home, but we normally send them to school. Why do we send them to school? They go there to hear from teachers and to learn new skills and information. And what do we hope that comes from that as they learn new skills and information? We hope that our children and our teenagers grow in maturity as they learn new things. 
This is the ministry here given to Paul by Jesus. Paul, you are commissioned to go and teach the people about me. Paul, go and teach them the gospel. This is your ministry. I'm commissioning you to go and do this. And this is what Paul is doing right here in the book of Colossians as he writes this letter to the Colossian people. He's teaching them. He's teaching them about Jesus. He's teaching them the gospel as he writes down this information and these instructions for them. And that's really important because we, the world we live in, is ignorant of the gospel and the teachings of Jesus. They may know bits and pieces about Jesus and who he is, but it's really like a jigsaw puzzle they may have, and three quarters of the pieces of the puzzle are missing for these people who are ignorant of Jesus. They've only got bits and pieces here and there. So they try and fill in the gaps with their own ideas of who Jesus is, but they're ignorant of the truth of who Jesus is. So teaching comes along to actually fill in those gaps. Otherwise, we distort the the truth of who Jesus is, and we just go in our merry way, making up who Jesus is in our own minds. Maybe that's you today. Maybe this is your first time here joining with us at Exchange Church Online. We are so pleased that you've come to do that. It's a pleasure to have. We love to have new people joining us at Exchange. We want to help you find those bits of the puzzle to complete a clearer and more true picture of who Jesus is. That's what we do here at Exchange Church. That's what we're doing right now, as you're watching here in your homes. We are teaching the gospel from the Bible. In fact, a large amount of our ministry is teaching ministry. It's designed for what Tom just read for us out of Ephesians chapter 4, that we are no longer to be children, as it were, tossed to and fro by this world, but that we would grow up into maturity, growing in Christ and growing in the gospel, maturing. In fact, every ministry at Exchange Church has a significant teaching element about it. But Paul also uses this word here, teaching everyone with wisdom. With wisdom. So what is wisdom here when we connect it with teaching? It's a bit like this. It's the right teaching for the right circumstances. And what I mean by that is this. We don't go and teach our preschoolers and exchange kids what we would expect adults to be learning in our main service. We teach the right things for the right circumstances. Or the same if we have a new believer and they're just learning the ABCs, as it were, of the gospel. We don't teach them things that mature believers should be feeding on or growing in. We teach the right things for the right circumstances. We use wisdom. And we have a gospel element of teaching at every level of Exchange Church. Our main Sunday service is gospel teaching, growing us in maturity. Our EC Kids is also gospel teaching, appropriate for kids. Our EC Youth is exactly the same. We are learning about Jesus so we can mature. Our Connect and Grow groups meeting through the week are growing in Christ. We're learning and teaching about who Jesus is. In all that we do, in all that we do here, we incorporate teaching everyone, warning everyone, here and opening up the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ. We open up the Bible like I did there right at the start and God speaks to us and then we begin to mature in Christ as we hear, listen, obey and live it out. How does that teaching now look for Paul? Because he tells us about that in his passage here as well. Uh, it tells us here in verses 29 and chapter 2 verse 1, 
And uh, let's have a look at that for us. For this I toil, Paul says in verse 21, uh, 29, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. Now, we looked at those words closely last week. They're toiling and struggling. I'll just simply say again to give us some clarity there. It just means teaching and warning is tremendously difficult work tremendously difficult work to carry out this gospel ministry. Here's a few reasons why it's difficult. First one, responsibility. To do it well, to warn and to teach well, we have to understand that this role, this teaching and warning role, comes with a massive responsibility. I have the responsibility, as I stand here now, of teaching the words of God. That brings a big weight of accountability to me. I can't just get up here and say whatever I like or give you my own ideas. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. What I must tell you is what's in the Bible and what the Bible is truly communicating. It's not about me just giving you what I think and my theories. It's about telling us what the Bible says. And the same goes for our EC kids or our Connect and Grow group leaders or our EC youth. For anybody who's teaching something about the gospel, it brings a weight of accountability, if properly approached, that is. And what does this do? It causes us a struggle, because we feel the weight of responsibility as we teach God's Word. There's a spiritual dimension as well. We have this evil spiritual force that's actively working against us, against us, whenever we are teaching the Bible. Satan hates the Gospel. And he hates disciples of Jesus Christ. Satan hates to hear the gospel being preached. And he will work overtime to make life difficult for us in doing this. He will. Things will just happen at times in a spiritual dimension that serve to weaken us generally. Often approaching teaching the gospel myself, I feel really inadequate. I feel really weak. I do. And I believe there's an element where the spiritual forces are working upon that, that inadequacy or that weakness to deepen that feeling. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing because then you lean more upon Christ, but it still is a weakening aspect. So what does that do when you feel weak in that spiritual dimension, perhaps? It makes the ministry of teaching and warning the gospel a struggle, a challenge, difficulty. Another reason why it's hard is this. We're not great learners. We're not great learners. As a culture today, we're not good at learning. Many of us don't want to put the time into hearing and learning. Many of us, in fact, don't want to take the time to listen and think about what we are hearing. We're not prepared to try and understand what we're hearing and feel it and grasp it. We just don't want to do that. We'd rather do something else. In fact, we're a society today that are far happier to just give me a feel-good experience. Just give me the experience. I don't want to learn anything. I just want to sit back and feel the good times. Like, just give me a good time. I'd rather play a board game and get lots of fun out of that than sit and listen to grow in my knowledge of something. That's who we are, perhaps, as a Western culture and Western society. If people are given a choice of reading their Bible for growth in their faith or to watch a movie for entertainment, most people will choose the movie. They'd rather not learn. They'd rather choose the movie and just be entertained. 
What does all that do in serving for gospel ministry? This makes gospel ministry a struggle. We're struggling against a culture of unwillingness to engage in learning. Now, if you thought it was all difficult, Paul says this really, really wonderful thing here. It's a glorious thing here about gospel ministry right in the middle of our weakness. Uh, Look at me again in verse 29. He says, yes, we are toiling and struggling. But look at what Paul says there. I'm toiling and struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. Now, that's gospel. That is really good news. That's a gold medal statement there. That is something you can build your faith on. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is working in me in the ministry of gospel teaching and warning. He's powerfully working his energy in me to carry out this gospel ministry. I remember reading a story of Charles Spurgeon. He would climb his steps to his pulpit to talk to a large church of 5,000 people or more. And often he would say, as he walked up those steps, he would feel as weak as a kitten, inadequate and weak. But as he mounted that, those steps, opened up God's word and began to speak, he would feel the power of the Holy Spirit come upon him to deliver whatever he had delivered that day. I know myself, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you do deliver all in weakness, but other times you sense God's presence and power upon you and you feel like you're able to just speak freely and speak well. But that is the great promise that God's given to us and actually to every single person here at EC who's involved with gospel teaching. Gospel ministry has this same promise. If you're preparing a lesson for EC kids or for youth or for ladies or for men or for whoever teaching the gospel and you feel a burden about this great massive weight of responsibility, which you should, you're in the right spot if you're feeling that burden, but don't forget, don't forget, Jesus is right there with you. He's working powerfully within you with his energy to achieve his purposes with his word so that growth and maturity will take place as people listen and as people obey. What's the result then? If Paul's warning and he's teaching and he's toiling and he's struggling with all the energy that God powerfully works in him, what's the result for God's purposes here in maturity for us? Because he wants us to mature in Christ. Why does he want us to grow and mature in Christ? Quite simply, God delights in blessing us with his grace and favour to show himself great, to show himself great. And he does this through gospel maturity in our lives. Look with me in chapter 2, verse 2, where it says this. So he's just said, toiling and struggling now then, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. It's a beautiful follow-on. That's the gospel here. That's good news. Here's the result of gospel maturity. Three things. Gospel maturity grows our hearts in encouragement. Everybody thrives in encouragement. As we grow and as we mature, as we look back and we see God's hand at work in our life in growing us and maturing us, we're encouraged by that. God blesses us with encouragement. Second thing here that Paul says, gospel maturity knits our hearts together in love. Isn't that a great image? Like knitted together in love. Instead of petty disagreements dividing us and causing unnecessary hurts, gospel maturity helps us to grow through these challenges. And the result of this 
is a deeper love for God and a deeper love that knits us together as a body of believers. God desires to bless us through gospel maturity. He's a blessing God. Third one here that uh, Paul tells us about, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Gospel maturity grows our assurance of Jesus' salvation on our behalf. That's huge. That's a glorious blessing that God gives to us. He grows our assurance of knowing that Christ has saved us as we grow and mature in him. What a way that God desires to bless us. As we grow in maturity by learning the gospel, God delightfully fills our hearts with assurance, salvation assurance. As we continually see what Jesus has done for us at the cross, and as we continue to see what Jesus is doing for us in transforming our lives, continue to focus on the cross, continue to focus on transformation, this grows us in assurance. This is a beautiful blessing that God delights to give. Do you want to grow in your assurance? Then grow in the gospel and in gospel maturity and you will know that assurance growing in your own heart and life. God says that's what he will do. So where do we land today with this? What do we take away from the Colossians here in this passage that Paul's outlaying for his ministry here? The ministry of warning everyone, teaching everyone, presenting everyone mature in Christ. Let me ask you this question. Does gospel maturity describe you? Can you look back over your life honestly now, honestly and say, I am growing in Christ? Perhaps you could diagnose yourself here and answer maybe some of these questions. Are you committed? Honestly ask yourself this now. Are you committed to continue learning about Jesus and how the gospel shapes your mind and heart every day? Are you committed to that? In other words, am I putting myself in a place of learning regularly? Am I putting myself in the place of learning? Can I look back and see that I'm committed to reading the Bible, to reading God's Word, to grow my faith and therefore grow in maturity? Or do I find that I spend way more time watching entertainment on TV and I just pick up the Bible occasionally, perhaps only when it suits me? Or when I am reading the Bible... Am I really looking for the Holy Spirit to grow my vision of Jesus? Am I looking for my heart to grow in the understanding and knowledge of who He is and that fills my heart with love and affection? Or am I just ticking the box? I've read it today. Tick the box. Move on. Am I looking for the Spirit to work in that way? We could ask ourselves this question honestly as well. Is my character becoming more like Christ? Can people look at me and say, you're changing. You've become so much more like Jesus. You're not the person you used to be. You're different now. You're changing. Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in your life? Is your life evidencing or producing the fruit of love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and gentleness and patience and faithfulness and self-control? Is your life producing those things? Is your character changing? Have I gone from an angry person 
to a softer person? Have I gone from a very selfish person to a giving person? Is life all about me or am I considering others ahead of myself? Am I changing? You see, here's something about maturity. Gospel maturity not only hears the word, hears the teaching of the gospel, hears the teaching of Jesus, but it also goes out and it lives that word. It puts that word into action and lives it out, walks out that truth. And you see, this is precisely what God desires for us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He wants us to be transformed in maturity. You see, if you're hearing the gospel but not changing from it, then you're not maturing. Let me say that again. If you're hearing the gospel, you're hearing the teaching of Jesus, but you're not changing from it, then you're not maturing. You're not growing. You're still perhaps a child who's not moving on and growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the way God wants us to grow. What's my desire for you today as your pastor as I open up this passage? Why do I warn and teach in toil and struggle with all the energy that God powerfully works in me? Why do I do this? I long for us all to grow in maturity as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's a glorious life to grow in Christ. I long to see the gospel grow in me and to see the gospel grow in you. It's the life to be lived. That is where peace, joy and righteousness is found. And this is what God desires for us as well. This is his command for our life. This is his desire for our life. He desires us to grow. He doesn't want us to stay as little children throwing little tantrums all the time. God wants us to develop and mature and grow in him. And God gives us all we need to grow and mature. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us each other to help grow as well. You see, when the gospel grows deeper and larger in our lives, we discover a more glorious Christ. And we discover who we are meant to be. When the gospel grows deeper and larger in our life, we discover life in all of its fullness. And when we are maturing and the gospel is growing bigger in us, God delights to fill our lives with encouragement, with love and with insurance. Today, embrace gospel maturity. Commit yourself to hearing, learning, listening and changing and growing and experience God's glorious blessing in your life as you do that. Let's pray. Father, today, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the gift that you've given to us in the book of Colossians. Father, thank you today that it's your desire for us to grow and mature. Thank you today, God, that you give us all that we need to grow and mature. God, you give us your eternal word. You give us your spirit that brings that word alive in our hearts. You give us your spirit to give us the power, as it were, Lord, to implement this change and to bear this fruit, Lord, of change in our lives so that we grow and mature, we become stronger, we become wiser. We become, Lord, people who are able to shine, as it were, as lights in a crooked and perverse world. God, we thank you today for this power that you give. And I pray, please, grant those blessings to us, those blessings, Lord, of love, 
those blessings, Lord, of encouragement, those blessings, Lord, today of assurance. And help us, help us to grow and help us to mature. And Lord, I ask that and I pray that now in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for joining with us today. Hey, we would love to connect with you. If it's your first time with us here on YouTube, please, uh, you'll see on the bottom of the screen there now, info at exchangechurch.org.au. Please drop us a line. We would love to catch up with you and uh, hear your story and just uh, make a connection with you. Uh, right now, I'm going to throw it back to the, uh, the team and they're going to finish uh, with a song for us. So uh, thank you very much for joining with us today.